Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the podcast where you can learn about mental health and where we work on destigmatizing mental health within the Black community. Um, I am your host, Ashley, and today we have a very special guest. We have Akua TJ Robinson um, from the West Coast, aka the Best Coast. <laughs> um, Akua is Akua holds a, a master's in inter, interdisciplinary studies. Africa in Africana psychology. I'm really excited to learn about that. Um, she's currently pursuing her PhD at cultural studies program and has obtained certificates in Africana studies and applied women and gender studies. Um, she has been published in the journey of Pan-African studies and is also a co-author of Amazon bestseller, The Beauty in My Mess, volume one. Um, she's also contributed to the Black Power Encyclopedia published in 2018. Um, she's a certified life and spiritual coach under her wellness company, TJ's Wellness Coaching. Um, she hosts wellness retreats called Alfia Ocean Retreat. Um, and she's also the founder and executive director of Natural We Community, a nonprofit which focuses on healing, empowerment, and a celebration of Black and African people and culture. Woo, girl, you're doing it all. I love it. I love it. Um, but Akua, welcome to the show. First off, thank you so much for, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited. Um, and I must shout out um, Bose, who told me about you and everything. Yay. Thank you. Thank Bose. you. <laughs> this is happening because of you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Shout out to, I think it's Refinery29. Uh, there's a Facebook group that's just like women of color. Yeah. In, um, different industries, networking, and that's how we got in touch. So yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm excited to talk with you. Um, before we jump into, like, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Um, obviously, we know you're on the West Coast, aka the best coast, but tell us a little bit about where you're from. I am from San Diego, Dago, the best Mexican food taco shops, just must say, always. <laughs> um, born and raised, and then I moved to LA County when I started my undergraduate degree, and I've been here ever since, you know, currently in Long Beach, and just, just enjoying it. I'm an, a non-tenure track professor in the CSU system, and just having a, a good time out here, and it's great, but it's still great to be able to go back and visit family, friends, and loved ones in San Diego as well. Awesome, awesome, and I know you guys just had an earthquake, like how are you doing, how are you feeling? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Those earthquakes are no joke. They are no joke. I, um, yeah, I'm doing well. Glad that, you know, there was no serious injuries. It wasn't extra, extra huge, but it, it was a jolter enough to like rattle the nerves a little bit and need to do some deep breathing afterwards. Like, I'm not going to bed. Never mind. <laughs> yes, I remember like 
like growing up in Vegas, the earthquakes were crazy. And yeah, just getting woken up out of your sleep. And then more recently, I lived in New Zealand and the earthquakes there are next level. Like I woke up one morning and the whole house was dancing for two minutes. And then there was a um, tsunami warning. So yeah, hurricanes are no joke. (laughs) I can't. I was like, I cannot. It's too crazy. It's too like the the earthquakes are just. It's they do something. It, it's yeah, yeah. Shakes you to your core, right? Perfect. <laughs> no more. And then it just stops. Like you're supposed right. to go back to normal. You're like, oh, that that's what you did, ground. You done? Right. Okay. You just wanted to shake, shake and make done, but um. <laughs> and then like you hear like a truck go by, so it rattles. You're like aftershock. Oh no, it's, it's the truck. Calm down. Calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man so Akua, um so before we get started I've got so many things to ask you but before we get started we are going to do a two-minute icebreaker okay. um we're gonna call it a quick fire round basically two minutes of me throwing questions at you you throw your answers at me um no pressure just whatever comes to mind first and um, we'll just go from there okay okay ready Yes. Let's do this. Okay. What is the last gift that you gave someone? A bracelet. Oh, what, what kind of bracelet? Obsidian tiger eye bracelet. Oh, I love obsidian and tiger eye. Uh, I always break my obsidian stones. That means it serves. Hmm? When they break or you lose them, that means they serve their purpose. In their- yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I usually bury them somewhere if oh, it happens. My. Yeah. Okay. What is one thing that, that most people don't know about you? I had the opportunity to become a model, but turned it down because of sports. Oh, what sport did you play? Basketball, track, kickboxing, taekwondo, volleyball. This, but my main ones was basketball and track and kickboxing. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, name one person that inspires you. My mom. Cute. <laughs> what is something that you're grateful for? Life. Yes. When was the last time that you danced? Hmm. Oh. (laughs) Yesterday. Yesterday? Okay. That was a good one. (laughs) That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Do you prefer texting or talking? Talking. Talking. Um, What's the last song that you listened to? Have Your Way. Have your way. Um, what's Casey, the last? Casey Nelson. Oh, who was it? KCJ. KCJ. Who's KCJ? She's like a gospel Christian contemporary singer. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. What is the last book that you read? Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Ooh. And Lord of the Rings, because I read two books at the same time. Okay, cool, cool. What is your hidden talent? Time management. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Both. Um, who or what was your biggest teacher? Mm. That's hard. Who or what? I'm going to have to go with sports and choir. Okay. I like that. Um, last one. What is a dream that you have that you have yet to achieve? Okay. 
a dream that I have that I have yet to record a song and put it out there on the platforms. Oh, I love it. So you're a singer then? I, I'm in the choir at church. I grew up in choirs, um, done a few things. So I, I sing a little bit. Okay. Okay. Don't, I mean, you can give us a little something if you want to. No, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> see how you feel. <laughs> if spirit okay. move. Okay. Then you could, you know, let it, let us in a little bit. <laughs> so cool. I know that, um, we talked a little bit about um, your background, but talk to us a little bit about uh, one thing that really interests me is you are you study Africana-based psycho- psychology, mm-hmm. and like what is that? How would you describe that? So it is really centering African culture, centering the culture of African peoples and their epistemology, their way of knowing and understanding psyche, psychology to um, equip our people to really heal and be well and understanding that it's interdependent. It's not just only the mind, but it's mind, body, spirit, and how do you heal from a cultural standpoint in a cultural center that is to help you and not exploit you. Right, right. And how, how did you get into that? Because I know originally we kind of talked in, yeah, how, how did you get into particularly Africana-based psychology? So it's really funny. Um, growing up, I when I was like 12, right, who says that they're going to get a PhD in psychology at the age of 12? I don't know, but that's what I said. And I said, I'm going to be a psychiatrist and a coach. That's all I would say. I'm like, I'm going to have my own private practice and I'm going to be a track coach and a basketball coach. And no one could tell me anything else. Like that is what I was going to do. And then I got in college and I took taking my psychology courses, my undergrad courses. And I'm like, I'm going to be a psych major, a music minor, and I'll minor in this thing called Africana studies. Cause I took a class and I was like, Oh, black people, black history. I love it. Reminds me of my family. All right. And then the next thing I know, I'm a double major in psychology and Africana studies. And I've dropped the music minor. Um, and the department Cal State Dominguez Hills, Africana studies, Gatoros, um, is introducing me to African psychology. So there's an association called the Association of Black Psychologists. And I began to learn about um, Baba Wade Nobles and Baba Naima Akbar and Kevin Washington and Linda James Myers and Show Grills and all of these people and how they are healing our people and, and studying our people in a way that's not objectifying us, but it's really putting us at the center and what are cultural continuities that have continued that are able to help us and help our people and everything. And so that's how I got into it. I went to a convention and it's been part of my research ever since. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm so interested that that is some, that's something I've never heard of and that I didn't even know was offered. But as you speak about it, it is something that should definitely be given attention. And, and I'm, I'm really excited that you're in this space. So I know you named a couple of people just now. Can you tell us about one or two of those um, people and maybe their influence on bringing you into this particular space? Yes. Uh, well, for one, I must say, uh, Mata, Kevin Washington, um, I was at a um, African Black Psychology in Florida, and I was presenting on standards of beauty. 
and um, he was the moderator for that panel. And he kind of took me under his wing after that. And, and he sat down with me for an hour and just, hey, let's look at your paper. And how does this relate to understanding the mindset of our people in terms of beauty standards and understanding African spirit and African spirituality? Because you can't talk about the psyche without talking about the spirit. And so, you know, definitely Kevin Washington um, and then Baba Way Nobles, who is one of the founding members of ABSI, the Association of Black Psychologists. Um, when I started my PhD program, I was trying to understand epistemology and spirit and as it relates to music and um, musicality and the spirituals, the Negro spirituals. And he sat down and really helped me figure things out and going from there. Um, and then I must say one more, um, Mama Pat, you know, she took me at, under her ring at a conference and was really talking about in terms of womanhood and what does this mean in terms of also calming down is like healing yourself um, and understanding this cultural aspect and the role of God and spirit and the ancestors. So those are three. I'm going to do one more. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Nana Lawson Bush, who was very instrumental. I started, I started speaking to him and um, just really influential and not only like, hey, here it is on an academic level, but here it is in how it is tangible in real life. And um, you get a handle on your anxiety <laughs> and going yeah. and all of these things. And it just, it just opened my world. And I'm so, so grateful. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really exciting. And I, I, since you've been in Africana studies, it, how has that changed your perspective of mental health and wellness? You know, one thing that it's changed the perspective, you know, I still took a lot of Western psychology classes, you know, um, it was one of my concentration areas in the master's and everything. And one thing that I can say is it opened me up to a world that was really on let's be, pro let's heal, but also be preventative and in, in this wellness. And it's not disease first, but really this person-centered and who are you and as it relates to your life, your health, your um, purpose and destiny. And that is what spoke to me, you know, growing up and thinking about my name. My name is Tiara. Um, and um, knowing my name has meaning and thinking about it culturally mm -hmm. and in a sense where you're not going into a psychology classroom. And the first time you hear about Black people is, oh yeah, so we're going to say that they have brain fog and that they are from a disadvantaged standpoint. But no, what is our strength? What is our power? What is our love? What is our light? And moving into that direction. Wow, that's that's super powerful. And I think so many times, um, and not just in psychology, but I feel like in a lot of conversations, the main, the main focus tends to be the majority and a lot of the research and the conversations tend to start from the majority. And then as you get deeper, there's at some point they go off into branches of people that may be in a minority you know, whether it be race, whether it be sexual identity. Um, but it's great to hear that there's so much focus being put into our, you know, our history and how it, how it affects us today and how it can help us heal. And one thing that I appreciate, appreciate about it, excuse me, is that it's, it's from the center, you know, it's from that perspective 
perspective and it's not going off of another group's perspective and their own and then you're getting thrown in well right away you're going to be deemed as not normal well no normal (laughs) and difference and going going from there and it's not okay what happened and the history is only starting with enslavement but remembering that we came from somewhere and that we brought cultures with us and how that has continued and how that has ensured our survival, our humanity, our genius, our creativity, and our vitality and everything. So it's it's great. It's great. Yeah. When, when you're teaching your classes, um, are you teaching specifically on Africana studies with your students? So I teach in the departments of Africana studies and Pan-African studies, and I've taught a variety of classes. Um, One class I have taught is Africana psychology. I've also taught um, African-American music as history and criticism. I've taught hip hop. I'm teaching Harlem Renaissance. I've also um, taught classes on, it's called a racial equality uh, law in government. Um, And I've taught ethnic studies. I've taught cultural impact of development. So I've, I've taught a variety and have gone into Latino studies and things. And it really depends on what class I'm teaching in that sem- on that semester. But no matter what I teach, we teach from the perspective of African people, we teach from an African-centered perspective. Some people call it Af- Afrocentricity, things like that, but it's from the cultural center of our people. Right. And I am really curious to know about Um, let's say you have a student coming in and um, maybe they've never really, uh, let's say you have a a student that is, whether they are African-American or whether they are directly from the continent, you know, um, part of the the diaspora. But when you have a, a Black student come into your class, what are some of the reactions that they get when they're diving into some of these things that none of us are really exposed to growing up, especially from this particular perspective? You know, reactions vary, right? Some might have already known something. You know, some might be in shock. Some might get a little bit angry or sad. Um, but no matter what, there there is a reaction. Um, and so it is my role to help navigate that reaction. And here's the information. What are you going to do with it um, and understand that? We're presenting this information um, in efforts to heal and liberate our people and, you know, get in where you fit in. So I am not one who is like, okay, you have this information. And so right away, now you must become a professor. We still need lawyers. We still need journalists. We still need mental health practitioners. We still need teachers. We still, you know, wherever it is that you fit and what are you going to do with it? But I'm here to facilitate a process and keep in mind that we are in the classroom. So there are others with us as well um, and mitigating that. But, you know, I've also had the wonderful blessing of being able to keep in contact with some of my students and we just continue on this journey and going from there. And it's, it's I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's got to be beautiful for you to experience as well, like from your perspective, being able to be a teacher and watching students kind of go through these journeys. Um, I know for myself, like when I went to predominantly white schools, pretty much white high school, and then I was never really in a space where I was around a lot of other people that look like me. And so then I go to college and um, one thing I will always appreciate my 
counselor's doing is like pushing me to take courses that focus on us and focus on our experiences, whether they be in the present or in the past. And I know my eyes were opened in a lot of those classes and a lot of those, those conversations still stick with me today. Um, but they were also the reason for me kind of like opening my mind and being exposed to ideas that I was angry at. So at a lot of points where I felt like things were hidden from me or, you know, going and discussing things that um, nobody really else, nobody wanted to talk about, like nobody at the school in particular. Like I went to University of Texas and that in and of itself is a whole thing. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of things, even just within the university's history that were kind of pushed under the rug. And then you show up to class and the teacher's like, let's talk about it for two hours and let's talk about it truthfully. And let's look at documentation and like, how has this affected us? And now where do we go with it? Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. Kudos to you as a professor. Like that's a huge job. I could not do it. (laughs) They, They teach me. And so it's a wonderful you know, reciprocal relationship and um, keeping at the heart of what I'm doing. Um, I draw on Asa Hillary to be an African teacher um, and talking about how we're, t- as an instructor, I am touching their mind, body, and spirit. And I am in a sacred, sacred space. Like it's not just a, here's some information and go. Um, but this is a sacred space um, and they teach me as well and keeping that relationship open and operating from a space of love um, there's there's not another and you know it gets hard sometimes I'm like listen <laughs> but <laughs> you enjoy it um, and I always get a little bit sad when they graduate I'm like wait a minute keep them coming oh. <laughs> <laughs> like your baby's leaving they are they are it's so funny because some of them call me auntie tj and a couple of them started mama tj and i don't really know how i feel about that yet but <laughs> i fully embrace the auntie right and i'm yeah. like you take the auntie i'm the mama's oh, <laughs> um, they they slip that mama and i'm like okay i'll still hug you <laughs> one hand but it's okay <laughs> But it, it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful to be in this position. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, I want to talk a little bit about, like, let's dig into Africana-based psychology. So as far, obviously, Africa is this massive continent with a, a huge amount of history. And even saying that is an understatement. And then we have the history of people being taken to other places, displaced. Um, And then we have the African diaspora. So what aspects of psychology, are there specific aspects that come from specific um, countries or tribes or how how was that put together? And can you give us some examples? Well, there's, um, when you start looking at, you know, some of the definitions and things, you might hear people say, oh, I'm African-American psychologist or African diaspora, things like that. Um, the, the best way that I can say is we, we understand, you know, there's the Igbo, there's the Fulani, there's the Dogon, there's the Yoruba, there's the Akan, um, so on and so forth, the Zulu, Shona. Um, I would say that the you know, in terms of academic research, the the study, the discipline of, it kind of depends on the psychologist or the, the researcher in terms of which direction they go, like, are they focused on 
African people in the United States coming from a diasporic perspective, but it is understood that in terms of culture, there's this continuities that have continued throughout. And so what does that mean when it's understanding people? And for example, thinking about religion, well, our spirituality, you know, there's the Akan tradition, there's the Ifa tradition, there's um, the Black church. And so what are some ways in terms of African spirituality, African religious practices have helped heal our people? And then there's also this, the evidence-based and going, okay, how do we understand cognitive behavior therapy from an African perspective that puts Black people at the center of their experience um, in going from going from there? So that's like kind of like the best way I can I can put it without delving going in there. But um, it is understanding, you no, know, this African culture and what has continued in going from there. And so how does it relate when we're looking at schizophrenia, when we're looking at anxiety when looking at autism or even just looking at um, manhood or womanhood or going from there because psychology can break off into so many different different ways and things. Yeah, so when you, um, of course, psychology, uh, anxiety is a really big focus for the podcast. And can you talk about some ways that Africana-based psychology can be used um, or applies towards um, anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder? Yeah, so understanding that there's an there's anxiety, right? And going to, okay, is this anxiety spirit related? Is this anxiety, you know, mental related? Is it anxiety? What is the root and the stem of this anxiety? And so now how do we deal with it for from a cultural perspective? For example, um, I've dealt with you know, anxiety stemming from different experiences and things. And so sometimes, depending on what's going on with anxiety, I might be like, you know, I need to go to a healer. I need to go to a traditional healer and really figure out. And and I've come to learn that sometimes my spirit is actually telling me that I need to deal with something, that Mm -hmm. I need to release something going from from there and so it falls into like that African psychological perspective. I told you about Mama Pat before at the um, ABCI convention and she was like, you're not in touch with your ancestors and you're not, she was like, they trying to help you out. I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) going from there now there is, and then there's also, you know, tapping back into the traditional, the, the more, uh, holistic ways of of healing. So you know, our people use herbs. Our people use plants in terms of healing. So you know, here's some lavender tea <laughs> to calm, yeah. calm down. Um, I I was able to learn that. Um, our people have always had a connection to the water, to the ocean, and it was understood that even in um, during enslavement and after enslavement, a lot of the shout houses and the praise houses were always next to water because it was understood that water was cleansing, water was healing. So what does it mean if you go into the ocean and you let a wave go over and as you're letting the wave go over, you're saying, I release this fear, I release this self-doubt, there's something that it does on it interdependent level and an interconnected level to be able to really go go into that not to say that there's not room and space for medicine sometimes there is um, but it's not the end all 
be all and really being able to understand that we are group you know we're a group and so sometimes we need to have a group discussion so i really appreciate the emotional emancipation emotional emancipation circles um that dr stroh grills talks about and things of that way and is really a focused uh circle group um in terms of really seeing each other and hearing each other and understanding each other and how we can use our experiences to heal and go from there yeah that's um i that's that's awesome like i there is such a focus like in western medicine on like are you sick is something wrong medication this is my opinion but i think there's so much and i'm always like looking at new things and reading at new ways on how we can heal ourselves and how we can use the things that are natural or from the earth or um, just like, I'm really big into crystals and things like that, but I'm also of the same mind of like, water is healing for me. Water is cleansing for me. And that's something that's not just myself. Like I know it's the same with my mom and I know it was the same for my grandmother. And um, I, I think that there is definitely room for people to open their minds up and understand that there's not one way, like there's just not one road to healing. Um, and that one of the roads to healing is one that for generations and decades and like centuries, we have always tapped into. And it's only been as of recent that we have kind of lost that connection. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. (laughs) And one thing that I appreciate while that there's like this disconnect, see like with what you're doing with other people is that there's this also, okay, let's bring it back. And let's bring it front and center. You know, you talked about water and things and how um, throughout African cultures, um, nature is so important. And so it's been wonderful seeing more and more of us, you know, I'm going to go on, on a hike and just center myself and, and understand, you know, like grounding is a real thing. Like, yeah, sit in some grass and walk in some grass. Real mm-hmm. quick. Let, that, let that rebalance you and things. Yes. And, barefoot. And, let your feet yes, hit the ground. Hit it. Feel the, feel the soil on your feet. Right, like, feel the soil. You can take a shower when you get home. <laughs> going from there and really understanding like how much oxygen you're breathing in when you are allowing yourself to sit under a sturdy tree and how that does so much for your brain and for your overall sense of well-being and that vitality and things and so it's just uh it's really beautiful as you mentioned the crystals we were just talking about crystals a little while Mm -hmm. ago um, and, and even music, you know, and, and the frequencies, but really, especially understanding, okay, how is that connected with also what are the lyrics and how can you use music as a healing mechanism going from there? Because music has always been part of our, of our culture and the importance of it as a cultural expression and mode of, of healing. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about healing and music? I know that you mentioned like, um, you're involved in choir at your church. Like, can you talk about that connection? Of course, we know that music has always been inside of us. And I always feel like when I see, when I see us dancing or I'm dancing, I feel like there is a direct connection to um, our community as a whole, but also our ancestors. Like I can, it's a weird feeling that you get 
but it doesn't matter. I feel like if you are in church or if you're at a concert or if somebody is just singing like at a cafe and you feel that connection, um, it's just different. I feel like for us than it is for other people, but can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Like music does something like music is so, um, you know, thinking about the African music tradition and um, the African music scale, there's um, Percival Kirby talks about how the African music scale was actually different from the European music scale. Really? Yes. And so when you start talking about, you know, the blues notes or like that pentatonic scale and everything, he talks about in terms of our people were short circuiting that music chord in order to match it to the African music scale. Uh, and so music throughout time for our people has been a way of storytelling. It's been our narrative. It's been used to summon, you know, the spirit and the ancestors. You know, you can even look in the Bible, like before there was, before you go to war, you better play some music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, when Saul was king in the Bible and his spirit was not right, it was it was David who was playing a harp and the string instruments and understanding that that connection. And so when you start dancing, you're going to the rhythm. You're matching the rhythm, and it's a commute. Not only is it a communal thing, but it's an individual thing. And understanding that African culture is you have the individual, but you also have the community. And so one is not without the other. You can't see the forest because of the trees. Both are interdependent on each other. And so going into this music aspect, how as a group are you coping? How as a group are you staying connected? And so understanding that African culture is cyclical and that you have this connection to God, spirit, ancestors, plants, and animals. You know, we have people who play jazz for their plants and their plants just thrive. Yeah. I don't know how they do it because my plants die. And so I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to sing to them, you know, you got to sing. Did. They didn't. They weren't they feeling it. They <laughs> was like, you buy your plants. You are cool. You buy your plants. But <laughs> that musical connection and how music can be used to facilitate emotions like I talk to my students all the time you know when you upset so you put on that three six mafia and bone crusher right quick and how right my students were like who do you listen to when you're mad I said it depends but you might hear little Chris slap right quick and okay me I said you might hear little and we knocking and bucking and ready to fight <laughs> Like, you know, one time Archie Chapman came on, it was like, we read it. Ridiculous, right? I said, now there's a time and place for it. Like, that is cool. Mm-hmm. When you're about to like go in, go in the boxing match, listen, yeah. all up and down. When you're about to get on that track and hit that 100 real quick, are you going to hit that curve for the 200 real quick and you got to be ready going? Because you don't need ushers, let it burn going in your mind when you're doing the 200. Yeah, you know? no. You're going to be right into the beat of the song. (laughs) (laughs) But what does it do when you know you mad and you know that all you want to do is turn on E40 right quick, but Mm -hmm. instead you go on ahead and you slow it down. You know, let me just play some Alice Coltrane real quick. Let me just go on ahead and play some, um, uh, move it and allow you allow yourself to go through this journey of healing yourself through music so you've identified how you feel slap that's yeah. how I feel but 
what did I do if I'm like, you know, I feel this way, but I have a hope that things can be better. So I'm going to put on um, Twisted and Faith Evans. No, so I'm hopeful. Yes, I am hopeful for today. Right. And I'm cool. I'm cool. And then you play these different songs that go into this thing. And, and that's what I feel our people did with the spirituals. They identified, right? Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. But there is also, you know, soon I will be done with the troubles of the world. Like I have a hope and I know that this ain't gonna be always i'm gonna have a code in there go down moses and steal away like go ahead and free yourself let's plan this revolt you know so much that um go down moses was banned in 19 states and then just going really yes i did not know that and even um even dancing in terms of crossing the feet was banned going from the middle passage on the ships even throughout because that's how communication was happening so you have all these groups of people who speak different languages but the drumming and the music is the same and so being able to communicate and so that's where you get this little shuffle in the ring shell it's not crossing because adapting to the environment and the situation and even going at the end of enslavement so there's this song called oh freedom and in this i'll just i'll just sing it real quick um Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I be a slave, there be a cracker in this grave. I go home to my Lord and be free. And the other verse is, before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave. But even in this sense of celebrating freedom, there's a message in there. Look, yeah, I ain't finna do this again. Yeah. Y'all gonna be dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, know, that's it. That's the I'm last time. Friend, right. I told yeah. my students, I was like, 50 Cent that said, get rich or die trying. I was like, be free or die fighting. Like, this is what we gonna do. Right. Yeah. And going from there and taking it through a process and understanding that sometimes we might need to play a YouTube playlist that is like 432 gigahertz healing music and a relaxing drum and going from there to facilitate and align the chakras now there's there's um hurts for root chakras and throat chakra and sacral chakra and just really aligning our body so that we can deal with the things that come up our people have talked about balance and we get out of balance sometimes so how do we use music how do we use spirituality how do we use crystals everything how do we use prayer and speaking to recalibrate and rebalance as we go through this journey of life yeah that's it's it's amazing how I feel like that connection to music and that, and like you're saying, just using the things that we are already connected to, to help find a balance is really important. Um, Akua, I know that you run um, wellness retreats. Can you talk a little bit about the wellness Wednesdays that you do with the Natural We Retreat? Yes, so Natural We Community is my nonprofit. Uh, shout out to my team. They're actually doing a food bank right now. <laughs> oh, cool. Very cool. Uh, but we this year we started a wellness program. Um, we launched our wellness program with a six-week series called Wellness Wednesday. And so every Wednesday we've had a speaker come in and just talk about being well from their expertise. So we had Chef Cheryl Tate who talked about food and the connection of food with emotion. And she, while she was talking about that, she taught us how to make um, collard green Caesar salad. 
eating it as completely plant based. It, listen, it was bomb. Oh, that sounds good. Can I get the recipe? <laughs> okay. And I was sitting there with my notes, like, I'm going to make this. And so she was talking about how in our cultural food, right? Because a lot of times it's like, go to kale, go have kale, go have kale. Like, you can still have collard greens. Yes. So it is, no, take the pork out of it and use it a different way, right? Yeah. And, and not that there's anything wrong with kale. I love some kale chips. I'll pop them in the oven in a minute. Same. But, <laughs> Same. We don't have to. We don't have to lose and only talk about our food as only bad. How yeah. do we and cultivate it in 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 efforts to keep ourselves balanced? Um, and going from there, we've had we did setting routines. I told you I really love time management, so I facilitated on how you set a routine, how you set a routine for the day, or how you set a, a night routine or a morning routine to really um, be well. We've had uh, breathing, so we had a sister really showed us different breathing exercises. How can you do a breathing exercise to give some energy? Can you do some breathing exercises to relax? Uh, we've had holistic healing. We had a physical therapist come in. We've had one uh, a a licensed marriage and family therapist who came in and we talked about mental health from a therapist's perspective and so it's been going great we're excited our last one for this six-week series is um, on journaling and the power of journaling and written word um, and to be well and then we'll go into the next part of the series but it's been so much fun it's so informative really enjoyed it so wellness wednesday i'll shoot you the information yes yes we will definitely include the information uh, for Akua's wellness wednesdays in the description make sure you guys join um that sounds like a great variety that you would get within that six weeks so is the next round going to also be six weeks like once a week so we're going to move into having wellness wednesday once a month okay um, so next week is the last, September 22nd is the last one of that six-week series. And then starting in October, October, it will be once a month with different focus. It's like one week we'll do uh, essential oils. One week we'll do, you know, Reiki. One week we'll do in just one month and just go going from there. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And let us know. Um, keep us in the loop because I would love to advertise that. Make sure everybody that's listening like oh. knows when these these are happening because um, I think they'd be super helpful. Thank you. So I, you talked about uh, time management is your thing. So what are some quick tips you have for somebody that may have anxiety? And I know for me, a lot of my anxiety can come or can show up when I get out of a routine and a routine for me helps when I'm really, really anxious, I kind of already in my head know what I need to do. So it does help. But what are some suggestions, let's say for a morning routine for somebody with like really high anxiety? Right. So one thing is start off your morning um, without your phone. So I know some of us, and I do it often sometimes, wake up, check my phone. Yeah. So I, I had to get into the habit of waking up and not checking my phone. Because, you know, you start checking phone, oh, this email came in, oh, this, I got to do this. And right away, before you can even like breathe a little bit, you're anxious, right? So allow yourself 30, 45 minutes, an hour, depending on, you know, your day, like to really focus on you and only you. How does it feel like to take that 15 minute walk with your dog, right? Or just take a 15 minute walk by yourself. How does it feel to just, okay, I'm going to have a bottle of water. Oh, I'm going to have some coffee. No, I'm going to have my water with my sea moss and my chlorophyll and just 
breathe. I'm going to do a five minute guided meditation or I might do a yoga, you know, but there's a routine that works for you. So I'm not necessarily going to do yoga in the morning, but my, my walks with my dog are great. And then I come back from my walk and I take another shower and I have my water and my CMOS and then my coffee. Like that is my thing. And that whole time my phone is not with me at all. Um, and going from there, you know, some people really need to make sure that they pray in the morning and that they've had that time. You know, some people need to stand in the mirror and speak to themselves. I'm going to have a good day. I am great. I am awesome. I am amazing. And I am capable of achieving all of my dreams. And that is able to get them in a space where they are ready for the day. So those are some of the things that I, that I talk about in terms of setting a morning routine. I love all of that. That's, that's great, great tips, great advice. I am definitely terrible when it comes to waking up in the morning and I look at my phone and I'm already checking emails. It's like, I've been doing it more the past couple of months, but I love all of those tips. I'm going to pull, take some of those um, and apply them to myself. In my it's, trial routine. it's trial yeah. and error. It's not you, you, sometimes we don't have time to do everything right and then some things just don't work for us depending on our personality and things but you start when you allow yourself to actually figure out what works and then you implement it it's good and then it and for me it's more than just a morning routine this is my way of life and this is how I am healthy and helpful um, and so I'm in terms of not coming from a space of, oh my God, I'm anxious. So I got to hurry up and make sure I do this. So I'm not anxious. Take all that pressure off. Take all that pressure off. Like this is what makes me happy. And this is what make, brings me joy. And how am I going to bring myself joy at the beginning of the day? I love that. That's it. That's, that's the one right there. How are you going to bring yourself joy at the beginning of the day and shifting the focus from anxiety to bringing yourself joy? I love that. I know that, so right now we are kind of nearing the, almost the end of September. Um, don't mean to date this episode, but um, it is National, National Suicide Awareness Month. And um, for anybody that is listening, this is a bit of a trigger warning um, for a possible conversation about um, experience with suicide. But I wanted to kind of Get your take on like, what does this month mean to you? This month is really special to me. Um, so, so, and it's really interesting because September has always been a really interesting month for me the past at least 10 years um, in terms of, you know, my, my daddy, I'm a big daddy's girl. He died in, in transitioned in September. Um, I, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, not, it's been some years, right? It's been, uh-oh. Yeah messing with the lamp right um, <laughs> it's been some years um it's been some years since I had a miscarriage in September but so September has always been interesting um and those with some life things in terms of and I found myself suicidal um at one point in time and I was the one I would stay awake for you know 48 72 hours and then I'd sleep for three and then would do the cycle all over again just not in a most healthy state. I was dealing with flashbacks, severe anxiety, PTSD, all these things. And I was just, I was checked out. I was done. I was numb. I couldn't take it anymore. 
Um, and so I was, I was suicidal. I like literally had a knife, knife in my hand and I was just, um, cool. Um, and I remember like very distinctly, like I heard a voice, I heard God's spirit, like you have a purpose, you have a plan, you are loved. You don't want to take your life, um, breathe. You can heal, you can get through it. And so I remember just slashing a pillow, like that pillow was shredded to bits like my poor dog <laughs> my dog Zeno was like what is going on she ran right and just crying 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 but then I was like okay I'm going to heal if you're saying that I have a purpose then you need to put all the people in place to heal me because I can't I can't I was uh, no I was the one who I had vodka in my coffee mug going to English class like <laughs> yeah yeah um and so suicide awareness month is special because I, I understand, um, I, I empathize in terms of feeling like there's really just nothing left here on this earth for an individual and, um, you know, healing from those things and going through the journey. You know, I had in two years, I had like four therapists. I was going, I was seeing, uh, doing different types of therapy in terms of image rehearsal therapy exposure therapy well let's try this well let's try that you know like weeding through the therapy the, the therapist because I I would go it was seen I was very high functioning like people wouldn't know um and I would tell my therapist I was like look my background is psychology so don't underestimate me because I know I will switch an answer and I used to test my psychologist like one time I test them and I was like you totally missed the fact that I avoided all of your questions for the suicide intake and I'm actually suicidal so you can't help me <laughs> You're just yeah into these things um but I'm good in terms of you know I love life um, I'm very thankful that God's spirit did speak to me. And I'm very thankful for my circle and my support system who was like, you got it. They gave me space when needed. And then they made me be social when needed. They're like, hey, we haven't heard from you. You're coming out to dinner. I'm like, no, I'm going to isolate right here. Thank you very much. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, my family and friends who understood that. So I love to eat. I love food. I can eat like six, eight times a day. And my Same. family and friends were like, we haven't seen you eat today. I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry. Radar, radar, radar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge like, red light. Going. Red, red, flashing lights. Like, yeah. oh, this is a level 10 problem because yeah. you're not hungry. Um, going from there, you know, I found my love of music again. I found my love of sports again. I had stopped playing basketball. And they're like, what? what is going on? And yeah. Like, I feel that I went through the same thing. <laughs> Going through that process, I'm very, I'm grateful to my godfather and my, and my brothers and my sisters and everybody who really supported me in that time and allowed me to go through this healing process to where I can be well. You know, my godfather was like, you are more than well. And that's why, so a lot of times you see my hashtags means we are more than well. So my godfather was like, you are more than well, you got this. And so learning how to quiet you know, the racing thoughts, learning how to work through and balance and, and go from there. And so that's kind of like my story a little bit, you know, not going into too, too much detail. I don't want to trigger people too much. Um, but really the, the satisfaction, the gratefulness of getting help and knowing and, and having people who were honest with me and was like, you need help. And when I told them, you know, how I was feeling, everything, they didn't judge me. They didn't um, shun me. They embraced me. And that was very grateful. So Suicide Awareness Month is very, very near and dear to my heart. Because um, I, I, my prayer is no one 
feels this way. Like I understand that people might feel this way, but if we can share our stories or if we can be kind, if we can operate from a place of love, then hopefully one day there's no one who will feel this way. And so that's how I got into this whole wellness path. (laughs) Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. I think, I, I hope that your story touches someone. Um, I appreciate you sharing. Uh, I know that, you know, you talked about, it's not just getting yourself out of that moment and understanding like y- you need help at that point, but also it's, it's work to go find that help and that healing. It does take work. Um, and sometimes that's a hard position to be in when you don't feel mentally well, or you don't want to be here. And now you've got to find the energy to go and help yourself. And then, yeah. And when you're high functioning, it's different because people just don't think that you need help because you've got everything. Everything is getting done and your checklists are all marked off. And, you know, that's, that's super important to remember is like, you know, check on your strong friends. And, and I, strong in quotation marks because getting everything done doesn't necessarily equate to feeling well right and what is that mask and and being able being able to take off that mask you know um, I actually just put a short video on on my page about it yesterday um and one of the comments today was from one of my dearest dearest friends and he was like I had no idea he was like what <laughs> you know and a couple people who have been like was that during the time when you were putting on all these events I said yeah yeah um going from there and and so you never you really really never know like yes there might be little markers sometimes but people also put on masks and so you really never never know and at the end of the day we are all human yes um, going from there so that doesn't mean when someone checks on you dump all your problems there right away no you can still be like hey can I vent to you right quick? You know, are mm-hmm. you in the space of it? But um, there is a, my, my sister told me that there is a power in vulnerability. And I understand that now. And she told me this a couple months ago, like here I am no longer suicidal, but life still happens. So I was having a hard time. Like I was getting dizzy. Uh, I was extremely tired. Like I just couldn't. She was like, there's power and vulnerability if you just share how you're really feeling so we can help you. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Thank you for the reminder. I know this. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. and when she told me that, it was like, I could breathe again. And I was like, okay, well, this is how I feel. And I'm really super anxious and I'm tired and burnt out and going from there and understanding understanding that. Because I was so dizzy, I couldn't work out. And I was having a really hard time with that. Cause I love, I love my strength training. Like I love pushing cars in a seated row and let me do some pushups. And I couldn't cause I was so busy. Um, so I was struggling and she was like, well, what is spirit telling you? What is, she's like, you're out of line right now. So what is, what is God telling you, you that you need to rest? It's okay to rest your body. And so the encouragement I received from, from her and from some of my retreat staff team um, to just rest was a godsend. So I took the whole month of July off. I was, horseback, Good for you. I was horseback riding. I was at the beach. 
all of that. And it really helped me recalibrate and be able to have a passion again and going from there and reprioritize my rest again. Cause I had gotten away from that, even though I noticed, right. So we all need reminders sometimes. Yes, definitely. And uh, cool. Um, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about um, the outfit and oh, I'm probably Alafia. I was practicing that earlier and I still messed it up. A Lafayette Ocean Retreat. But tell us about these retreats that you run because I don't think it's too often that we see Africana-based healing-centered retreats. But tell us about the retreats. So the we are one year old officially. Um, so a lot, thank you. A Lafayette Ocean Retreat is God sent. Um, I was just one day last year in about May or June, I was like, I wonder if I could put on a retreat that would help our people. And so I contacted a couple of people who I know and I was like, hey, I wanna invite you guys, like no cost to you, but I just wanna just give this to y'all as a gift type thing. They didn't know that I was using them as a pilot test. <laughs> and so we did, we did it. And from there, I was like, so when are you gonna do this again? I was like, uh next March, you no, know, talking about March, 2021. And they're like, uh, October of 2020, I said, sure. And so I turned into this Alafia ocean retreat, you know, Alaf, Alafia meaning peace. How are you? And it's more than a, Hey, Hey, what up? How you getting in you? But, but no, are you well, are you at peace with yourself and who you are? And I have this love for the ocean. As you see, my virtual background is the yes. Ocean. My virtual background is always the ocean. You just never know which ocean is going to be. Okay. Um, Do we know what this one is? This one is Newport. Okay. Um, And I, you know, whenever I go to a beach, I'm taking pictures and then I use my favorite ones. And so Alafia Ocean Retreat is a three-day retreat, three-ish. We play around with the dates sometimes, but it's a retreat that is all about you. It's about your restoration. It's about your healing. It's about your rest. Um, and what is it that you need to focus on for you? So we have an ocean front. Everyone gets their own room, a view of the ocean. And um, you. there's Reiki, there's massage. There is a one-on-one life and spiritual coaching with me. There is where we go through like, who are you? So what day, what day were you born? Well, in African culture, in the Akan tradition, the day of the week you were born is associated with an aspect or a characteristic of God. So Akua, cause I was born on Wednesday. You know, um, we go there. What is the significance of the numbers that you like? What is the significance of the colors that you like? And how does that relate into what brings you joy, to what your passion is? Um, and then we have uh, mindfulness and movement, which is facilitated by um, Marcus Cargill. Of uh, He's a Peace Coach fitness trainer. Um, so at the ocean, you do a guided meditation and it moves into stretching and a light workout. It's a light workout, y'all. We're not going to push cars like I do. Things like, it really is a light workout. Not throwing tires. <laughs> We're not going to do an axe chopping, right? But it's light, right? Although that sounds fun. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Yo, you come to the West Coast or I go down to Florida when it's not hurricane season. Yeah, when it's not hurricane season. <laughs> um, yes, I guess I'm I am going to um keep an eye on the dates because the next time I go home, I would love to like slide over to, 
you know, LA and do a little retreat. We can meet in person. Right, that'd be fun. Yes. Yes. Um, and so we do all these things. We have a coma space, which is actually love space. And it's a journaling space. And there's also one-on-one. So there's group and individual. There's massage. Um, everything is at the ocean. And throughout, African culture is being interwoven. In you know, I talk about libation. I teach some things we do at ancestor acknowledgement on the very last day. And that very last day is all about releasing and planting. You've been here. You've discovered some things about yourself you've gotten some sleep everything and then the food is catered the food is catered by catered by chef cheryl tate um when we're here in, in california and um that that food is fire when i tell you that you can literally taste the love and healing in that food it's just bar to none um and it's all clean it's all healthy and it's all really a uh, i said body a mind body soul no spirit retreat um and it's it's great so our next one is actually next week september 23rd it's coming (laughs) Um, okay and then after that we we break for the winter and then we go back the next retreat will be in in march and so i have details on that but that's what it is alafia ocean retreat everyone gets a gift at the end oh um, nice at the beginning when you register when you first get there we have a we have a gift at the beginning and at the end and i'm not i'm trying not to say what the gift is but just yeah. know that it's bomb okay it's bomb okay and if somebody's listening they want it well this you're probably listening in retrospect but um for next week like if somebody's interested um and definitely send me your guys information so I can repost this but if somebody's interested can they still sign up for this one that's coming up or is it full for this one this one's full for this uh September 23rd one it's it's full um but you know I'll make sure that you have my website and everything um in terms of being able to sign up for the next one as well as my Instagram and my Facebook um and going from there because it it's telling you it's it's fun it's great um you know and one day you know it might be you know in, on a Caribbean island somewhere but um, I'm, I'm willing it it you know, will be in the yeah, Caribbean islands we'll I'm be, ready for a trip let's go <laughs> out yes fly me out i'm I'm ready (laughs) but it's well worth it that's not to to toot my own horn my own horn um but we have the testimonials and the people who have said that they have felt lighter afterwards that they felt you know uh more clear-headed you know been able to get some sleep that they didn't get before um all of these things and so we're excited but yes i'll keep you updated and then have my my website and and all of that and it comes you know a fo- with a follow-up coaching uh session from me as a life and spiritual coach and everything so yes that sounds amazing that's beautiful and then for the for the retreat is it mainly for um black folks or is it is it open to other people that may be interested in something that is centered in a different aspect of healing so we we are geared towards black people okay right? um, but there is space for if you want to have a a special retreat that is that might be opened up to others and things so there's always always room you know in terms of helping humanity and helping people um and going going from there that's beautiful um with these retreats they, they sound amazing like I'm ready to pack my bags <laughs> and come on September 23rd but I know I can't do that <laughs> but um 
as uh, I know you've been doing them for a year and they're, they're growing and, you know, people are getting a lot out of these retreats. Like, can you, is there one particular moment that you can remember um, from the retreat that is kind of like, was either an aha moment or just like an unforgettable moment with somebody that was there or the group? Yeah. Um, Sunday is always a very, very special day for me. Um, so if you're driving, don't do this, but if you're not driving, go ahead and follow and listen to what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, so just, just close your eyes and imagine yourself at the shoreline in all white, just completely covered in all white. And you are at the ocean and you hear a song. Tina Simunye, Tina, Tina Simunye, Tina Simunye, Zina Boyeni. We are together, we are, we are together, we are together, we family and so as you are hearing this song you are thinking about all of the prayers all of the resistance all of the love all of the humanity that it took for african people to survive to thrive to heal and in this moment you know that you are completely safe you're completely calm and you are with people who love you and who wants to see the best in you. And you stand at that ocean and you talk to God, you talk to spirit and you release all your fear, you release all your doubt and you plant your hopes and your dreams. And then you start to go back home in, in listening to the sounds of your heartbeat. Cause you know, when you hear your heartbeat that there is life and if there is life then there is power and there is freedom and there is liberation. And that is what we do on the last day. Now there's some other things involved in there, but that's like kind of the gist. And it's always, always a powerful moment to see us as a group. So as a collective, as a community, but then the individual getting exactly what they need and having that sigh of relief and knowing that the retreat fulfilled its purpose for them. Now it may look different from other on other people. You know, some person might be crying, another person might be dancing, another person might just be letting the waves go over. But in that moment, everything has come to a fruition and then get their parting gifts and go full of hugs and smiles. And I always feel like, oh my babies. <laughs> I just had y'all for two, three, four days, and now you're going, but you're going in love and you're going in light and you're going in healing and you're in your journey. So whether this made you start your healing journey, whether this was part of the middle of your journey, or this is towards the end, you know that this was a space that was completely for you. And in this moment, you're completely free. Beautiful, beautiful. And for anybody that is interested in going to the retreat, like what's the website? Uh, you know, how do they get in touch with you and how do they sign up? The website is tjswellness.com. So tjs, so tjs wellness.com. Or you can email me tjrobinson22 at gmail.com. Or you can call 
424-653-0893. I text two, but I said call because at the beginning of the rapid fire, I was like, talk first, you know. <laughs> um, but <laughs> those are ways to get in contact me with me. And then if you follow my Instagram or Facebook page, um, we always put information up there. Um, the Instagram is handle at TJ's Wellness. And then the Facebook is um, TJ's Wellness Coaching dot com and um this disclaimer what if i can't afford the retreat right now there's payment plans there are payment plans hey um, that's great if you just really are not in the are not ready to do the retreat i do have as i said life coaching spiritual coaching and so you can work with me in, in that manner as well and until you're ready to go to the retreat <laughs> yes so um for anybody that if you didn't catch that all of uh, Akua's information will be in the description below. Um, we will also be reposting whenever there are retreats. Um, so make sure you're following us at Black Girls Have Anxiety too. Um, definitely check out her retreats, check out her life coaching, follow her um, on her journey. I, I love this episode. It, I think it's really, really special because I think it, up until now, it's the only one that's really coming from a place that is coming from where we are from kind of like our homeland and our ancestors and I just really love what you're doing so um kudos to you I love what you're this is important <laughs> well thank you <laughs> in terms thank of like, really no let's talk about it so we can help each other you know Jennifer Hudson has a song a song that says there's no testimony without a test and really being able to talk about it so I'm excited of what you are doing thank you Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody that is listening. Um, I am so thankful for everybody that has been tuning in and sending this to their friends and leaving a review. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, share this with anybody that you think may be able to use this, um, that it may help them. Um, yeah, but thanks again for tuning in for another episode. Thank you, Akua, for joining us. Thank you. Um, and yeah, we'll catch you next time. Alright. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. Oh,